so that we can look at Jesus, our champion, from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And here's what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Wow, this is a beautiful, amazing, inspiring view at who Jesus is, where Jesus is now, and brings encouragement to us even in the midst of this life here and now, where we do face challenges, where these believers clearly went through a time of extended periods of stress like we have been going through. But they found Jesus to be the champion. That is the one who has victory. The one who has victory maybe where we don't have victory. So right now, March Madness is going on the college basketball tournament uh, for men and for women, college students. And um, it's an exciting time of year. And, you know, um, athletes long to play the game, enjoy the game, enjoy the camaraderie with their teammates, and to see a win to hold that trophy at the end. In a spiritual sense, Jesus is the king of kings, the champion, the one that has victory above anyone on earth. And that's who we look to. Jesus is the one who is more powerful than death. We've been reading the New Testament together this year, and we've already seen that in the eyewitness accounts from Matthew and Mark, uh, John Mark Peter's account there. Jesus is the champion, the one who has victory. Um, it's so important that we think about this. And maybe you're looking at the um, the ESV translation of the Bible, the New King James, one of those, hey, and you don't see that word champion there. Um, the New Living is uh, what I just read, the New Living translation. It's a thought for thought translation, taking uh, sentences and paragraphs from the original language and then translating them for us. And so we don't see this specific Greek word champion here in this phrase, but what we do see in these sentences is this definite idea that Jesus is victorious. Jesus has victory that other people don't. Um, and the New Living is that thought-for-thought thought translation, which is a translation a little bit different than, say, the Message or uh, the Passion Translation, which are really paraphrases, just a total rewording of things to help us with current language. But Jesus definitely is victorious, referred to as the king above all kings, the champion. And what we see here is Jesus is referred to as the one who started our faith and the one who brings it to completion or perfection. The one who is continuing to help us working through the, the, the growing of our faith and our salvation, the spiritual victory, and the one who will return victorious one day. That's Jesus, the champion, the one on whom we should rely for our faith from beginning to end. He's the initiator and the completer. That's Jesus. Now, our faith 
whoa, 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 Pastor Ben, too fast, too excited. I don't really know what you're talking about. The people that this is written to, what was referenced by their faith was this belief that through Jesus, there was this opportunity to confess where you've been wrong, your toxic selfishness, where you've missed the mark, especially as it relates to what God's desire is for you and for your life, where you've missed the mark. Uh, There's this opportunity to confess your toxic selfishness and turn away from it, and that Jesus would make a way for you to then be forgiven spiritually cleansed of your sin. You don't need to carry it around anymore. You don't need to identify yourself by it anymore. You don't need to let anybody else talk about it anymore. You don't need to let it inform how you see yourself and your identity, your value, your sense of purpose. No, what we get through Jesus is a spiritual cleansing. And what we're given is new spiritual life. That's what Jesus is talking about himself when he teaches on it in John chapter 3. There's a new birth, a new spiritual life. God gives us a new spiritual heart. And we get this hope of heaven that one day heaven will be our home. That everything in this world, its challenges, its problems are temporary. Heaven is our home. Jesus, our champion, the one who starts and completes our faith. That's who we're talking about. And this Sunday is the date on the Christian calendar when we are remembering when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, a victorious entrance, and the people celebrated him. It's called Palm Sunday. That's today. And so I want to talk about that uh, briefly. So what would happen is that once a year, the people who had faith in Yahweh God would come to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. It was a holiday. It was something that they would save up money for and travel for, and they would have friends, maybe family, people that they've known throughout the year. It would be a part of their celebration, part of what they would look forward to as a time to take a break from work and have a party, but it was to celebrate when God had freed them from slavery in Egypt and saved them from death. And the Passover was a a really important celebration. And one of the people who was alive at this time when Jesus was a historian who wrote uh, what we have in a collection of books outside of the Bible reported that at this time, time in history, 2.7 million people would gather in Jerusalem for the Passover. This was a big deal. 2.7 million, that's a little bit more than people that are in the metropolitan area of Baltimore, uh, the city, the suburbs, the county. Think about all that many people crushing into a city for a celebration, for a party. It was a, a party atmosphere. And that's the time, the place, the setting when Jesus comes in to the city. And here's and what happened was people had heard about Jesus. They maybe they had heard the shepherd's story about his virgin birth. Maybe they had heard about him talking about this new way to be forgiven. They maybe had heard about him raising Lazarus from the dead. People had heard about him, and when Jesus came into the city. People threw their, 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 their coats on the road in a kind of a, a instant royal celebration. And 
what we see is this statement about it. Matthew chapter 21, verse 5. Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. And this is a fulfillment of what Isaiah the prophet saw. Isaiah 62, 11, The Lord has sent this message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, Look, your Savior is coming. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. And what they did was they waved palm branches. That's why we call this Palm Sunday. Palm branches were an idea from their festival of shelters, a feast of tabernacles that you see written about in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 40. And here's what it says. Gather branches from magnificent trees, palm fronds, boughs from leafy trees, and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord for a week. That's what they were instructed to do. Uh, Palm branches had actually become a national symbol for Israel and likely would have signaled this nationalist hope that the Messiah would free them from Roman rule. Uh, Date palm trees um, are what they probably grabbed these branches from. And they're actually still plentiful date palm trees in Jerusalem today. And that's what it would have been used. We see the story and what we've already read so far this year together And the fact that we've been reading through the New Testament together, Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, Mark 11, verse 9. It's also recorded in Luke 19, 38, which we'll read later on this month. And John chapter 12, verse 13, all four record it. Um, Here's what people have said. Blessings, one who comes in the name of the Lord. It was a reference to Psalm 118, 25 through 26, a very common uh, prayer they would have sung. Um, around this time, please, Lord, save us. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. And a little bit later there, uh, or earlier rather, 22 through 24 of Psalm 118, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. It's the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's that psalm starts with this phrase, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And the pilgrims that would come to Jerusalem for the Passover oftentimes would sing this on their journey on the way. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. When Jesus came into the city, they cried, Hosanna, which translates, give salvation now, rescue us, save us. That's what they shouted. It had come to me to be a term of praise, a way that they described God. God had saved them from slavery in Egypt, saved them from death. Every Jew who was in uh, Jerusalem for this celebration would have known that that was a main thing in Psalm 118. The songs that they would sing, the Hallel that they sung each morning by the temple choir during the Feast of Tabernacles, it was sung. It was associated with this feast of dedication. Their temple had been rebuilt. It was magnificent. In fact, at this time, the city of Jerusalem rivaled any city in the ancient world. It was an amazing, amazing thing. But all of this, this Hosanna, this praise, praise to the one who saves, had a very strong, deep connection for them. And it referred even to their palm branches. It would have been very common to see that the the branches of the date palm tree waved with this word. The God who saves us. The God who saves us. It's now Jesus, our champion. 
So, wow, that was a lot. That was intense. On Palm Sunday, that's what Christians for hundreds of years, a couple thousand years have done on this date in the calendar. Remember this triumphant entry to Jesus. Now remember, these are people that had problems, that had challenges, that had difficulties like you and I have. And that's why we get this two verses from the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12 to help us see how we could focus on a Jesus who is victorious, who is more powerful than death, who has victory that we don't have in and of ourselves. So let's go back to those verses. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So let's talk about what that means right there. We're giving some eternal perspective, perspective that, you know what? The people that have already passed on, they are still alive. Over the past year through coronavirus, we've lost two of our friends of the family that were heroes of the faith, Pastors Carlos Penaloza and Pastor Danny Bonilla, amazing people who died as a result of the coronavirus. And we miss them dearly. But they are not dead spiritually. They live on. We will see them again. We will see them again when Jesus returns or when we we are in the, in the spirit with them. We will see them again. And it helps me to think about what did I learn from them? What did I learn from their lives? That's a part of what's being talked about here. We're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. There is resurrection life. There are people that you know that have passed on from this life here on earth that are still living. Surrounded by this huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Remember recently we talked about putting on the, the new clothes of love. Here what we're getting is this image of let's throw off anything that is weighing us down in life. Especially mistakes that we make over and over that keep tripping us up in the journey of life. We've got to identify what it is that we need to get rid of. What is the mistake that we keep making over and over? Maybe you've kind of identified it as a character fault. Well, maybe it's time to bring it to God and to ask God for forgiveness and for help in removing that from you. That's the way in which we can run the race that God has given us with endurance, meaning strength to keep going, strength to keep going with our eyes set on Jesus. How do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think about this. Jesus Christ is victorious. He is alive. He is not at war. He is seated in peace at the right hand of the Father. He said to his followers, he's preparing a place for us. He is victorious. He is more powerful than death. He's more powerful than all the things of this world that we face that are beyond our control. Jesus is more powerful. He's the champion. Remember, our faith is this belief that through Jesus there's an opportunity for us 
to say what's wrong in our lives, to confess where we've been wrong, our toxic selfishness, our mistakes, to turn away from it and to turn to God. And then to confess and let go of the things that have been making us heavy. I want to pray for you right now, and then we'll talk about what we should do in response to this message. But if you're in that place, I want you right now to just pray, just talk with God, just confess wherever it is that you've been wrong, whatever it is that you need to let go of, ask for forgiveness, ask for salvation if that's where you're at, or make a rededication prayer, or just pray for God's fresh focus and strength in this life. Allow me to pray for you, then we're going to talk about how we should respond to all this. Lord, we come to you. And we're thankful, Jesus, that you lived a human life so you know what it's like. You were tempted in every way that we have been. But you didn't sin. You were victorious. You are our champion. So looking to you, we just identify that we need your help. We just confess right now where we have been wrong. Please forgive us of our sins. Please forgive us of our sins, O oh God. And we make a fresh commitment to turn away from our mistakes and to live for you wholeheartedly. But God, we ask for an infusion of your spiritual strength. Would you take our character flaws from us, give us new spiritual strength so that we could live in this healing, live in this freedom that comes from you. Help us, God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, would you please help us to live for you the way that you would have us do? Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we are available to you. Happy to send you a free Bible, uh, something called a purple book to help you uh, search out the questions that you have, but also look at some of what we believe about Jesus and why this is so important. So, Maybe this has been a great reminder for you uh, today. Let's talk about what we should do about this. What do we do about this encouragement from Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, to look at Jesus, the champion of our faith, the beginner, the finisher? Well, what should we do? Well, number one, look. I'm going to give us three L's today. Look. Look at Jesus. That's specifically what this passage says. And what I think the call from God the Holy Spirit to us today Look at Jesus. Take time every day to focus your spirit and focus your spirit on Jesus. Think about Jesus. Look at Jesus. Consider, reflect on what you've learned about Jesus already. Think about the things that we've already talked about today. Come back to them as a reminder. Look at Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus every day. It's going to help you so very much. It's going to help you keep in mind what things matter and what things don't matter. It's going to give you the spiritual strength that we've talked about here today. Number two is listen. Listen. Look and listen. Listen to Jesus. What is it that Jesus has already said? I know this might not be easy. That's why we as a church family this year, starting in January 1 with Matthew 1 and going all the way through, we're reading the New Testament. And right now uh, we are in Luke and we are looking at Jesus and we are listening to Jesus. We're observing the life of Jesus. And we've now we've read a couple of times uh, a bunch of the different things that he taught. And I want us to be, it's to listen to Jesus. That's what will be helpful for you to apply this Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 passage, our champion, 
I want to look to the champion. I want to look to Jesus as my number one hero, my example in life. But I also want to listen to what Jesus has said because it should be informing my life. I should be building my life on it, taking action based on what Jesus has said. And the third one is a direct result of when we, what we hear, what Jesus says. So we look, we listen, and we love. Love. God has already shown you love through Jesus. Receive the love that God has given you through Jesus. When was the last time in your time of prayer you said, God, I receive your love for me? That's what God wants you to do. It would be a mistake to reject it, to ignore it, to walk away from it. God wants you to receive the love that he has for you. Look at Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Love. Receive God's love for you and love God with all you've got. Love God with the best of your energy, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you love Jesus heart and soul? Do you love Jesus heart and soul? That might be the most important thing for you to hear all week. Do you love Jesus heart and soul, the best of your energy? Receive God's love for you and respond by loving God with the best of your energy. And then what Jesus tells us to do is love our neighbor in the same way we take care of ourselves. And so I'm looking to Jesus, I'm listening to Jesus. I'm loving, I'm receiving God's love, I'm loving God with the best of my energy, and I'm loving the people that God has put in my life. This is possible. This new spiritual life is possible. It's not a fantasy. It's not unreal, impossible. God wouldn't do that to us. God wouldn't frustrate us in that way. No, even in the midst of all the challenges we're facing, of everything that's going on, this life is possible. You can look to Jesus. You can listen to Jesus. You can love Jesus and then love others. I hope that this is helpful for you today. I want us to spend more time in worship and I'm hoping that what you will do today is spend some time in prayer. Rebecca and I are praying for you. We care about you so very much. We're available to you. There's going to be a variety of ways for us to get together in person, outdoors, a variety of different things that we can do uh, to enjoy this spring weather. God loves you. On this Palm Sunday, Jesus is the champion. Let's sing it.